Hello, everyone, and welcome to the CDO Magazine Field Guide interview series. I am Ben Blancara with Rackspace Technology, a leading provider of multi-cloud services for firms on the data and analytics modernization journey. Today, I have the pleasure of talking with Ivan Herrero Bartolome, Chief Data Officer at Grupo Intercorp. Hi, Ben. Welcome. How are you? Thank you so much. Thank you so much for inviting me. To talk well, to you. It is, uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Oh, it is a pleasure to talk to you, Yvonne. I, I love these interview series because I, I get to see the pictures of the cities behind folks. So you can you can <laughs> see <laughs> and you know and, and everything I hear about Peru and 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 the people and the culture and 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 and, and, and it's just pure beautiful. So maybe one of these days I'll, I'll get I'll get to visit that. Um, so with that, let's let's go get right to it. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your role, and your career path? Yeah, of course. Um, I try to make it brief. Um, although I'm connecting now from Lima, Peru, I'm from Spain. I was born in Spain and I lived all, almost all my life uh, there. I was born in the Basque country in the north of Spain. Then I moved to Madrid where I spent um, seven years working in Ford Deloitte in business consulting. Um, I'm an engineer, a telecommunications engineer um, by formation. So I've during all my career, I've tried to be um, as close to the business as possible, but I'm always keeping the link um, with technology, which is uh, something I'm passionate about. And and but understanding that technology is just the means for bringing value for the business and, and, and for the society. So then I had a chance, I, I quit Deloitte, I founded what now we would probably call um, Digital Transformation Boutique and with another partner of mine. And, and then we had very early in our in our states as entrepreneurs, we had the chance to go to Colombia. It was going to be for three months. I spent six years there. My partner is still living there in Colombia. Um, I met my wife there. And then well, the, the, the story is a bit long to, to be uh, thought completely here. But we merged with Deloitte, and then I moved to Entity Data Colombia as the head of data and analytics. Um, because during this track, I studied a Master of Science in Good Data and, and Business Intelligence. So I joined Entity Data and then spent there like uh, one year and a half, more or less. And then I had the chance to come here to Peru to join Intercorp as their first chief data officer. So um, it's five years and a half um, since I came to Peru. And well, the funny thing of all of this is that my, my son, was born here in Peru. So my wife's Colombian, my son's Peruvian, and I'm from Spain. So we are quite a 
multicultural <laughs> family. <laughs> like, That's... We, we seem like a representation of the UN when we travel abroad. <laughs> it's oh, so do, do, you have, uh, do you have multiple passports? Do you have different country passports? Yeah, yeah. It's one has its own, its own <laughs> passport. Well, my son uh, has two nationalities, so he's proven in Spanish. But until uh, some months ago, each of us had um, its own passport. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. So you went from consulting. Then uh -huh. uh, you, you said, I'm going to start up my own business. Then you did that That's for a right. while. Yeah. Then you, you came back in the corporate world. And then uh, then uh, five and a half years ago, you got you joined Grupo Intercorp as their first CDO. Is that sort of the, the, the path around that? That yeah, that that's right, and and you know I think here at Intercorp, I I feel that I've been able to join the 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 experience that I that I gathered both from the from working at the corporate level in consulting and my my experience as an entrepreneur because there was. A lot of things to do here, and this was near a new area. So um, I had to study from scratch, and um, you can imagine coming here to Peru to a country where I knew no one. So I had to uh, go out, um, try to start meeting a lot of people to uh, understand who was who in the Peruvian data uh, analytics community back then. You know, 2019, uh, tried to build a team also from scratch, and it was challenging because um, yeah, Intercorp has a strong um, mark, but a strong brand, but they weren't doing uh, math and related to data. So I had to convince people to uh, quit their jobs that were already working in, in the data field and come to work with me in something that was completely new. Uh, and the thing I I, I think we, we did really well was to establish a vision of what we wanted to create. And that vision helped me bring a, a, a highly skilled uh, Peruvian talent thing. And, and we, we've been able to, to retain, to keep um, that talent with us uh, during the years, at least the, the most senior layer of, of people has been part of this, of this journey uh, from the beginning and are still part of this dream. So, um, we 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 there to to dream big and and then we work together to make it a reality. And now it's funny because when we take a look back and and when I talk to the first people who joined the, the team, uh, they say I still remember the things that you painted on the on the blackboard. When you were interviewing me, and most of the things that you said back then, uh, now 
their reality. So it's it's we've been able to to walk along the the path that that we imagined four years ago. Of course, it's not been a straight line. We've had to find our way through the different obstacles that we find. Um, but it, it's been a, an amazing journey. That's fantastic. Oh my God. I, I, I'm, we're going to unpack this a, a little bit. More. I want to hear, hear more. So, uh, but let's back up. Um, let, let's, uh, for, for folks who aren't familiar with Intercorp, can you just tell us a little about the company, you know, kind of its scale, what it does, and, and kind of what its mission and aspiration is? Of course, yeah. Um, Intercorp is probably one of the largest brewing conglomerates. We are a um, $10 billion um, conglomerate. Yeah, $10 billion conglomerate. And we operate more than 30 companies in sectors such as uh, banking, insurance, uh, private banking, um, in retail with different flavors such as supermarkets, department stores, home improvement. Um, we have pharmacy chains. We also operate a clinic. And, we have investments also in education, where we try to um, offer uh, good quality education at affordable prices, uh, all the way from K-12 to universities. And we also operate some companies uh, in the entertainment sector, such yeah. as hotels, cinemas, or restaurants. So we are very diversified in terms of the sector that we operate in, but we are very focused geographically in Peru, where, of course, um, our footprint spans all over the country. Uh, you can find us both in, in, in Lima, of course, but you can also find us in, in the rainforest, in Iquitos, or uh, both in the north or in the south. So we... Yeah, we have a, a huge footprint across the, the country because our purpose is to make Peru the best place in Latin America to, to raise a family, to grow a family. Oh. And, and that not just because we want to be best in Latin America, but it's something aspirational. So that we, want to, we want to make a, a positive impact in Peruvian society, in Peruvian families, and by giving them access to a high quality products and services at affordable prices, we are sure that we can make a big difference in in the quality of life of, of every Peruvian. So that's what we are committed okay. to. Okay. So Peru focus. Let's let's make this a best place to, to raise our family and improve the, the quality of life across multiple ways to service that that customer. Yeah, that's that's, that's awesome. So so given that sort of uh, uh, sort of focus, I was I'm curious, you know, when when you get the call saying, "Hey, come be our CDO," like <laughs> what, what, what 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 was the the purpose? What was the what was the why they needed it? and kind of how does that grown into kind of what's what's your office's purposes i mean because you're going across multiple companies it that, that's got to be a really interesting balance to work at a holding company level as well as and help each of the businesses yeah it, it is a challenge what, what when i was uh brought to in the core 
the main the main goal of bringing a, a CDO was to um, try to to understand our customers better uh, using the data from the different companies and to use that knowledge to uh, improve the quality of life of our customers and of course um, uh, bring value for for our businesses too. But when I joined the group, I realized that 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 was something that had to be done and was like um, a, a dreamed opportunity for for me and and for any CDO to to be able to understand our customers at the level that we can do it now because we, we weren't able to do it just a couple of, of years ago. Uh, but we also had to have to level up the maturity maturity level and the capabilities of our companies because um there was a lot of things to do. We had we had something similar to a data lake, but it was not a data lake. You know what I mean? Yeah. We had we had some some data uh, stored in the cloud, but it wasn't properly uh, structured and molded mm -hmm. uh, in order to be easily accessible by the by the business and um, to be consumed in an efficiently efficient way. So we we um, started our, our work with those uh, two tracks in mind, no? to um, start by understanding what our needs were from the business point of view, and then trying to build this same customer view. That was not a priority for any company at the time, but that it was like a priority just for the for the um, corporate team, for the for the corporation, but not for the for the business units. So we started um looking for opportunities to bring value for the different companies, but trying to match those opportunities to something related to customers and transactions. So while we were working on these projects, these, these use cases, we were also modeling the data in a similar way. So we were standardizing the, the, the way we were storing information from the transactions or our customers. And by the end of the second year, we were able to pull the data that it was already um, more than in a standard way, just pull it and um, build a single customer view for the retail companies, who, which were the ones that we were we started working with. And then we joined the information from the insurance company. Then uh, last year we managed to uh, make a connection with them uh, a couple of years ago with the bank and, and more companies are now um, increasingly uh, integrating with the single customer view across okay. 
all the groups. So now that we have data, and um, at the same time, we've been um, developing some capabilities at each company level. We are um, building very interesting use cases on top of this data in, in different in different ways. Now you can use this data um, to enhance some predictive models, but we also can can better understand our customers or work in um, diagnostic use cases to understand, try to understand the effects that we're seeing on our different businesses and from a customer point of view. So if we are uh, growing transactions, where are we growing in transactions? Because we are having more customers or we have the same customer, but they're spending more uh, each time they visit our, our stores. So that's a lot that we've been uh, working on to make this information usable and, and more easy to, to interpret and to uh, go from data to insight to action at its company level, but that's that's a that's huge, huge that's a huge challenge. We're still uh, um, I, I, I that, don't, I don't want you to, to, no, to no. see that we're done. It's something that we're we're, we're it's a path that we're working along, and and it's probably harder said than that. It, it's okay. That's I mean that 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 is tremendous sort of progress. So let me make sure. Just unpack it just a little bit more. So you put on your entrepreneur hat when you first got there because you got to sell this thing to everyone. Yeah. <laughs> you got to you got to create a vision, right? So you've got to. So part of your role is to be an evangelist because everyone's saying, "I got a day job. I don't need to be doing this," right? <laughs> <laughs> so 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 part of it is sort of the. Uh, it sounds like you spent a lot of time talking to your business compadres and creating a vision and trying to understand, help them understand what what the what the possibility might be. At the same point, you knew that um, you couldn't, you're not gonna be able to realize those 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 cases at, at a, a, a intercorp level if you don't start uh, modernizing the data, right? So I imagine, like you said, there's a there's a ton of mapping because if you uh -huh. if you want to have a customer view, you've got to have things sort of set, your data dictionaries, all those kind of things set in place. And then I'm, I'm, I'm curious, you didn't talk a little bit from a, so that's sort of like the, the data structure. From a mm -hmm. technology kind of perspective, you said a data lake, did, did you end up putting things in the cloud? I mean, many, I've worked with lots of firms, they have data everywhere. So did you end up having to standardize the data ops uh, sort of work? Right from the beginning, our strategy was to be cloud first and as serverless as possible. Because okay. we, we, we didn't want to spend time on architecting um, mm -hmm. the different services. Or, so that th those were the two main uh, criteria from a technical perspective. Yep. Um, then, of course, we have uh, some data ops practices that, sure. well, we've Sometimes that I haven't thought 
is that with during this time we've built our own um data management data government platform which tries to tries to to put as less bureaucracy as possible but it enforces some um some processes that just have to be done you know so uh if you want your data to be uh accessible for the business then you have to add technical metadata have to add some business metadata mm -hmm. uh, and you have to add a business owner to the table well it can be to the table or to and um, that's all because the the platform that we've built now manages data uh both in um, the form of tables or views and the query uh but also um for the dashboards and reports in data studio uh power bi or tableau so it's agnostic to technology so because uh different companies in the group can use a technology that they want to access their data so we've built something that enables every company to manage data and their um analytics assets in the in the same way through this platform got it well that's so you, so you built your own data management I think I know the, the, the next button that you're going to make. <laughs> you know what, what? What's my next question? <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> yeah. Why? Why? And yeah, there are some, some reasons uh, where we did that. First one was I knew it was going to be hard enough to make our top management of the different companies understand that having a good um, data government, data governance uh, practices in place was important. If I added to that, or if I started the conversation uh, saying, and to do so, I need you to spend like uh, uh, $100,000 each year to make something they don't understand and, and I, that they don't value, that conversation was <laughs> not going to be uh, very far. So, so I, I, right from the beginning, we understood that we needed to lower the, the, the adoption barriers for everything that we wanted to achieve. And having this company spending, as I said before, some uh, several thousand, several hundred thousand dollars each year uh, for something that was important for us, but not really important for them was the first barrier that we had to that we had to lower. So that was one. The second one was that we had time. We have the time because 
the maturity level at that time um, mm. was low. So we had a time to build something uh, which could fit our needs, our future needs, when those needs uh, arise. Takes a time. So yep. we had the time. And the third reason was that we 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 needed something that was easy to use, uh, very easy to adapt to to our particular needs, and um, something that that we could um, we could evolve in time with our needs and. And one of our main needs at that time was we needed to govern the data and to govern how its company was going to access data, not, not just the data, but data from the different companies of the group from the single customer view. So we needed to build some uh, automatic work uh, workflows for um, the and um, for asking for access and authorizing uh, the access to the information. So and and I think that was a bit unique to yeah. the a very unique need um, that was not necessarily um, covered by the the solution that were in the market. So probably. Those were the, the main three okay. reasons why okay. we we started our uh, the adventure of uh, building our own data governance platform. Okay. Well, you know, there, there's a lot of lessons to be learned. I, I, I talked to a, a lot of firms that they buy the things to use, and it costs a lot of money. And depending on where they're at in their maturity cycle, they only use a little bit of the functionality. Yeah. Right, and, and, and it creates a heavy load for the business users because they have to learn something new versus what I hear you saying is, I recognize I got to make this reduce, make it easy for them to say yes. Yeah. Right? That, that, and, that, was, that was reason number one. <laughs> you know, like if nothing else, everyone should say, think about how do you get your business, how do you make it easy for your business users to say yes? Yeah. <laughs> start for, start for, start from that lens, and oh, that 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 is that is really uh, re really cool. So um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna switch tactics a little bit just to say uh, your organization because you said you had to recruit and hire and all those. Give it, give me a sense of like what how, how are you organized? How many people? I mean, it's a big organization or big company. So how how are you organized? If we think how how we started, we started with a team in the bank that was already in place when I joined the group, and. We have some small uh, traditional BI teams mm -hmm. in almost every every company of the group. Uh, very technical focused, um, and now we have what well, we started with the with the central team, the central what we call the data office. Mm -hmm. We started with um, around. 17 people the first okay. the first year then we we grew to around 
70 people okay. last year. And uh, we also had uh, around 20 people at uh, the corporate team for the for the retail platform. And we also have now uh, data and team with different levels of sophistication in almost every company. So we, we have companies like okay. our pharmacy chains, we have over 30 people working in data analytics. Then we have all the companies that are uh, have started their journey a bit later, and they have from five to ten people. But like we are on our track, we are on our way of building these capabilities okay. uh, at the different companies of the group. And the way that we've done this is that uh, we hired people from the central team. And then we've been um, moving this oh, talent okay. to the company so they, they when they it. were ready. Yeah, when they were ready to to um, have their own team. So we start um, assigning some data engineers and data neighbors uh, because it's the, the first thing they need to extract data from the transactional uh, Systems and and make it available for the for the for the business, and then we have more sophisticated uh, roles uh, such as um, ML engineers or data scientists that we use to complement the the skills and the capabilities that each company has. So it's been a journey from uh, a central team. Now we are moving towards a more federated uh, way of working. Okay, got it, got it. So Ivan, I, I wanna I wanna jump to pun, like success stories. Uh, now it's time now it's time to go, let me tell you some good stuff that we've done. And can you share a couple <laughs> of stories of you how you you've impacted you know the business? Sure. Uh, we we have several use cases, but the the one that made more impact was um, something that we worked with the, with the pharmacy chains back in 2020. Yeah, we were uh, in the middle of the global pandemic. And, you know, we, we had a lot of, of people coming to our stores, but we wanted to capitalize those visits and to be able to recommend um, products to the people who visit our stores uh, in order to offer them a better solution to their to their needs. And so they, they have tried to do something like this some years ago and and they failed. And I don't really know why, but we knew what we needed to to be successful this time. And probably the, the analytical solution was not very different from the approach that were taken that was mm -hmm. taken um, before. But mm -hmm. we focused a lot on the human side of the problem. Um, and this had a lot of a lot of dimensions. So 
first of all, we had the, the commercial team, which had been um, thinking of uh, business or expertise-based rules to recommend some products when someone bought know, mm -hmm. uh, a product, then you should recommend this one. And and they, they they have put a lot of effort into mm -hmm. making those those rules. Um, so there was like like the the feeling that it's not possible that something that uh, yes an algorithm can beat a uh, human knowledge and the expertise. Uh, mm -hmm gathered during so many years. So that, that was one side of the problem. And, and the other one was the people who actually work in the pharmacies uh, had to had to um, believe that the information that that the system is providing them or was going to provide to them was better than their own criteria. Um, so we, we had to convince uh, different stakeholders who were critical for the success of the project. And you cannot do that by asking someone to do what you want them to do. You have to, and, and is what we did, have to uh, bring them to a team. Uh, let's think of this together. And to deploy a, a change management strategy for the, from the beginning, um, we've, we've read a lot about um, change management. I, I would say we've read more about change management during these years than what we've read or learned from the analytics uh, uh, approaches. And we, we have a framework, we call it the, the 4H framework, which is something that we try to apply to each and every project that we're involved in. Mm -hmm. Is the first the first H is the well, hence. Hence, you you if you want someone to do something the, the way you want you want them to do it, they have to know how to do it. So you have to train them. And it's the first thing that everyone thinks of when we want to make a change in the process. And, uh, so mm -hmm. we you have to train them. But it is not enough. Second one is the head, the, the, the hard motivation. So if I'm not going to, and that was very important because here they, um, the people who were using or we wanted to them to use the the results of this model uh have they have a viable income. So if they say more, they earn more. So if they were to uh start using the suggestions of the system and those suggestions were worse than the one they had. They were losing. They were going to lose money. Yeah. So that was something that we identified at the beginning of the of the program, 
and I asked the CEO, uh, for this project to, to be successful, we need your commitment to hold the, 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 the bonus, the, 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 the viable uh, payment for these people. Mm-hmm. And independently if they achieve or not the goals that they have in the month, I, we are going to need to pay them the same amount. So they are not, the risk is not the people, is in the company. The money mm-hmm. is, is going to be for the company. So it's the company who has to uh, mm-hmm. to cover the risk, not not the, the people involved in the game, uh, in the pilot. The third age is the heart, is the motivation. So uh, we chose these people very carefully. We chose the, the pharmacists that were part of the of the pilot. Um, Taking in consideration together with the with the um, head of the talent team and uh, trying to um gather the people who are more willing to make changes. And we made them feel something that was true, that they were part of something that was going to be transformational for the company. So they 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 were key. The success of the project were in their hands, and they were key. Their involvement was key for this to to become a reality and to be able to scale all across the the country and, and company wide. And the fourth eight is the head. Is so once we um, were able to prove that the pilot was making better results uh, than the control group that we had, then we use this, we use this the people that were part of the pilot to talk to their parents and and tell them about uh, their experience using this and how this solution was uh, helping them to serve our customers better and to do their their job uh, better. And we also asked our customers and we compared the the NPS value of the customer that were um, served using this the suggestions of the system against the customer that uh, were in the in, in the control group. And the NPS was higher when they were served using the the, wow. the results, the suggestions of the algorithm, because they felt they were better understood by the company and, and they had a, a more integral solution to their needs. So it was uh, something that was good for one, win, 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 win for the for our customers, win for the people working on our pharmacies and, and win for the company. So based on those results, it was um, more easy to scale the, the project. And we started that project. The first pilot was around August or September in 2020. By December, we had uh, green light to 
to scale company wide. So and and, and there were a lot of uh, learning during the during the the, the, the pilot stage. At the beginning, we were not uh, measuring the, the results properly. So uh, it seemed that the control group was performing better than the pilot group, and and then were like, how is this possible? Then we understood that that the the pharmacy that we were using as a control group were not so comparable to the ones of the pilot group. So okay. there are a lot of learnings from that process. And um, after that, that was our very first the big use case, big success case at Intercorp. So that helped us um, go uh, to other companies with this uh, success in our backs and start working on, on different projects. Okay. Different wow, that, so that, 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 you gotta be awfully proud of that. That is, you know, it, it's really interesting when, when you, when you, what, when, when I hear you saying is the technical part was not the hard part. Yes, there's some things there. It is the change management sort of component of things. And how do you actually deploy this in a way that everyone feel good about it that's yeah. that's the in, hard in, part <laughs> in my opinion the, the technical part might be hard but the human part is also hard and 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 if, if i don't know why but i think it's very often um oversight you know it, it's we, we try to we always focus um, so much on the technical side of transformation, mm-hmm. but the analytical transformation is a human transformation. If we don't um, pay the, the, the right amount of effort in the human side, yeah. it's very hard to be successful, sustainably successful. Yeah, that makes sense. So, so I'm almost saying this line says it's not digital transformation, dummy. It's a human transformation. <laughs> it is always a human transformation, but but, but we call it and uh, digital transformation, and and we focus on the first on the first world and not in the second one. And transformation is about people, technology, and processes. Digital yeah, is just um you can call it data analytical or AI. Yeah. But the transformation uh, is not just a technical one. We have to transform the processes. We have to uh, transform behaviors. If not, right. we're not, we're not transforming anything. Oh my goodness! This is this has been fantastic, Yvonne. I wish I had another hour to to, to, <laughs> to chat with. I, I you know I, I I'd love to learn more, and, and energy is, is is contagious and and, and exciting. So um, so here here's a couple of things uh, that I just took away. Uh, one, you know, in the early stages, you got to be evangelist. You got to get out there. You got to talk to folks, right? Two, if you want someone to to, to say yes, you got to make it really easy for them. So as a CDO, you got to think about what, what 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 slows down. Three, you know, think about a pragmatic approach to investment, which I heard like which says you sometimes you can build your own if you have the time. Four, I heard you say like if if you're going to recruit people, you better be able to paint a vision, and you got to get people going for it and then the, the last thing i heard was like 
you know, it's it's about the big T, the transformation, not the not the digital sort of component. And you've got a great case study around that that I imagine deploying recommendations where there is a, at some point a human interface to a human is 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 not a trivial thing. But once you figure out that formula, it's pretty yeah. powerful because you can apply it's, it lots of different ways. Of course, it's it's absolutely it's it's uh, very powerful because. You have the the proficiency of the analytics in assessing um, the next best product for the for the customer with the empathy and the knowledge of the of the uh, technician to to add not just the what but also the why this mm -hmm. would be a good fit. For your need, so it's it's a very powerful combination. Once you you're able to match the the, the the technical output with the human output. Oh, this is fantastic! Thanks. All right, Ivan, thank you so much for joining uh, me today. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you. And guys, I, I, I uh, I'm going to call you again, and we're going to talk some more because I think there's a lot to unpack sure. here. <laughs> um, Folks, please visit cdomagazine.tech for additional interviews and, and make sure you, you listen to this one because there's, there's a lot underneath this to, to, to uh, take care of. And, and, you know, and then, Yvonne, um, uh, do you want to say anything about your CDO LATAM? Yeah, of course. Um, there's a lot of things going on here in, in the region, in, in Latin America. You want to know more about us, you can... Uh, follow us on LinkedIn and CDO Latam, and, and there you can find the links to the videos of our session, to the webinar that we're hosting. And we have um, a flagship event each year. This this year is going to be hosted in, in Mexico City. So if anyone wants to uh, come by and see what or what's going on in Latin America, you're more than welcome. Oh, I might need to take a field trip down to Latin America and, 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 and uh, I might need to take my, uh, retake some Spanish lessons so I can <laughs> <laughs> have some fun. Well, thanks. So we'll wait, we'll wait to practice Spanish. <laughs> oh my God, you got to show me the stuff. I, I can't wait. And uh, maybe I'll spend a little bit more time in Latin. All right. Well, thank you so much, Yvonne. Have a great day. Thank maybe. you so much, man. It's been a great pleasure to be here with you today.